Welcome to Convos from the Couch by Life Stance Health, where leading mental health professionals help guide you on your journey to a healthier, more fulfilling life. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Convos from the Couch by Life Stance Health. I'm Nicolette Lianza, and on today's episode, I'll be talking with Kevin Foley, a clinician from one of our Life Stance Oklahoma offices, and we'll be talking about the very important topic of cyberbullying, sex social, and social media. So welcome back, Kevin. Great to have you on. It's great to be here, Nikki. Thank you. Well, recently, the Surgeon General issued a new advisory about the effects of social media use has on youth mental health. And also, the FBI reports a huge increase in the number of kids and teens being coerced to send explicit images online, which is a crime called sextortion. So, Kevin, I look forward to our conversation today as you help us understand more about what cyberbullying is and sextortion and what can be done to help prevent these issues. So I know you've been on before, but let's have you tell us a little bit more about yourself. Thank you. I've been 25 years as a middle school, high school teacher and administrator. This is my fifth year with an LPC. Very much enjoy the relational aspects of both. My clientele, my favorite age group is the teen middle school into the high school age group. Tough really. age, though. That's a, that's a tough age. That that's right? your favorite. That's a tough age, though. I think I'm stuck there. So I think we relate really well. So <laughs> I really, I really connect with what they're going through and, and hope to help them navigate that. So, yeah. Okay. So as we begin, let's start with cyberbullying. What is cyberbullying and what are some different types of it? Well, I think it's a really unique thing that they have to deal with, that, that kids today deal with. Uh, certainly we're all aware of how much technology brings to them. It's got some great uses. It's a fantastic tool. I know back when I was in school and we would have our differences and meet out by the flagpole after school, maybe have the argument or the occasional fight, and then it would be over. Disagreements and it's permanent, right? It's all been recorded and passed around and then it just never goes away. And I think that really has a effect on their psyche because whatever happens, whatever is said can come back at any time. And they know that. So when they they come back into school the following week, they're constantly on the lookout. It really contributes to hypervigilance. Right. Whatever that's, I've done is always there. And that, I, that really is difficult to manage. A form of trauma. You know, it never goes exactly. away. It keeps mm-hmm. haunting you. And so therefore, what? I think for many of them, even in before actions, it affects them. They're, they're, they're constantly worried about what if I do this and somebody gets a hold of that? What if I do this and somebody sees it or films it and then I'll have to respond or be responsible for that in some ways. It's just really challenging for so many of them. Right. Now, I think most people are, are familiar with the term cyberbullying, but they might mm-hmm. not be so familiar with sextortion. Can you tell us a little bit about what sextortion is? Sure, sure. So it, like many things, comes in many different forms. I think the first thing, the first insert of it would come out in terms of sexting. It would be texting, Oftentimes, you'd be somebody that you're in a relationship with and would ask you to write or send things of a maybe even romantic nature, but then increasingly compromising nature. Maybe it's in the photo or the the challenge being once that's sent, it's now out of your control and can go anywhere. 
and you have no idea who's on the other end, even if you're sending it to somebody that you trust, they might be with somebody that you don't trust, and anybody could be seeing that or handling that and then capturing that. So I know we have some platforms now that say that things disappear very quickly, but they could be captured before it disappears. And then if you, unfortunately, the relationship doesn't last and you break up, that, that, that material is still out there abundantly. And so a lot of impulsive, which is, you know, the, the middle name for all of our adolescents, <laughs> the fissions are permanent now. And you can't just walk, walk past it and get over it. It's, it's, that's been frozen in time and preserved. So I think, you know, sometimes we feel, uh, if the children that I work with feel compelled to do something in a moment mm -hmm. that then gets frozen and maintained. And I think that, that power differential, which we always talk about when we're talking about bullying, or peer pressure or coercion, which is the extortion part of the situation, makes it a very cute name, but not a very fun experience. Right. Uh, that's really what we're dealing with is that imbalance of power. Yeah, that's the key to imbalance of power. Yeah. So how are cyberbullying and sextortion harmful to youth? Like, what are the consequences of it? Well, I think you mentioned the trauma of it. I think it's, mm -hmm. you know, well, I just made a mistake you know, will be the response. I didn't mean to, that's a common occurring to men. The consequence of that can be magnified and the effect of it can be long lasting and much larger than the initial even infraction. So because it hasn't been thought through and it can really ruin reputations and lives. I was just watching some film of, I think it was a, yeah, the father of a child talking to a school board because his daughter had been found to have images participating in um, some inappropriate behavior and the images of that were distributed throughout the entire school district. And yet oh, she was vilified. The boy in the photos was not. The uh, school board did nothing. And it's just oof. like, you know, I mean, it's just, it goes so far, so fast. And Kudos to, in this case, this is a public case, uh, uh, the girl herself had actually addressed the board, which is an incredible move of bravery, mm -hmm. but why, you know, it's a very unfortunate incident to have to deal with. So we'd like to be able to address that before it happens, of course, and empower these kids to make better decisions. I think it's the effect of all this that really makes it unfortunate. Mm -hmm. You know, the case that you just spoke of, it sounds like initially the, the girl was villainized. She was exactly. the victim. Exactly. So she's villainized and she was really the victim of this. So, and again, her bravery to go in front of the school board to talk about it. Wow. Good for her. Not an easy well, thing I think, to do. you know, in, historically, whenever we talk about the bullying scenario, you know, person, the imbalance of power, the bully is counting on silence to be able mm -hmm. to get away from that. And mm -hmm. I think they took this to that next level and make sure that lighting shone upon it so that the imbalance of power gets equalized. But when you have something that has shame associated with it or something that is meant to be power, it's really hard to do that without losing your own reputation. Um, uh, when you bring something as private as uh, you know, nudity or sex into it, then that really ramps up the consequence or the, the reputation. So if somebody feels like their, I don't know, personal dignity or, you know, whether I'm a, a a man or a capable student involved, then that's what the silence brings, you know, mm -hmm. you know, I'm going to take your lunch money or, you know, 
go ahead and take the ball from me kind of thing, then, then it feels like it's less of an issue. And they count on you not telling the teacher or something like that, so they can continue to do that. Um, but all you have to do is raise that into somebody's attention and hopefully you can count on the adults to correct that situation. Mm -hmm. uh, but when you get into things like extortion, it really, really ups the ante on that thing. It, it almost guarantees you that they won't step forward and say, hey, this is happening. Right. I need your help right. because you have to let somebody know that you've been in a very compromising situation and you've gotten there. And that's not the first question that was asked of you. And that's not the first decision you made. It's often a very long you know, grooming process or slope that's gotten you there where you've said yes a number of times to things that aren't so compromising that then make it hard to say no when it is that, you know, serious question. And that, I think, is really what makes these things very difficult. So what can be done to help prevent these issues? Well... Unfortunately, I think it's much like dieting, you know, or weight control. It's, it's you know, good foods and exercise is always the answer. It's always the good thing. Um, you know, limiting access to social media is, is always a good uh, response. There's so much that the kids get uh, overwhelmed with in terms of messaging mm -hmm. and imagery that, that makes them feel like this is a goal that they should be pursuing, that they, they should be looking a certain way or acting a certain way when really it's very lopsided and it's not typical or normal to be acting this way or behaving this way, being this way. In terms of parents and their children, knowing who it is that they're talking to and interacting with in a real time, real way is the best defense against this kind of thing. Understanding mm -hmm. who it is that they have contact with. And when I say limiting access, uh, I really mean having a good balance yeah, the balance. Um, you know, some right. media, social media is fine. There's a lot of fantastic stuff right. out there on all the platforms. You right. know, we, we, we tend to get into this, it's horrible, or you, it's only good, and it's not. It's a mix of both, and you have to be able to discern and judge, you know, what are the benefits and what are the drawbacks. I think it's interesting that even in the gaming community itself, there is this expression, this popular expression out there called touch grass. Which means, like, listen, Dave, you've been online too much. You got, you need to go touch that. Oh, you've wow. just, you've, you've okay. lost con context of reality. Yeah. Uh, there was one gentleman that I, I saw on TikTok, yes, I admit, who's like going through the supermarket looking for something that's only available in a game. So it's just like, oh, you wow. can't find it in reality. So, so mixed up. So, knowing who your friends are so that you know who they're in contact with. There are some children who have friends that they know only virtually because they are yeah. across the globe and things like that. Right. There's some very powerful right. relationships there. So not all virtual friendships are long. And, and I think that's an important point yeah. to emphasize because I think a lot of times parents are like, no, no, that's just, you know, that's not really a friendship there. But yeah. a lot of times there is a strong bond there between the friends, even if someone's maybe in Australia and somebody else is in the U.S. Exactly. But having the balance of some solid relationships and, and IRL relationships that will help them balance that and understand, wait a minute, you know, the guy I ride my bike with in the neighborhood mm -hmm. doesn't ask this kind of thing of me. That's really a counterpoint to what's being asked of me online. Yeah. Um, you know, there are instances, you know, of an online relationship where certain demands are being made and, and gifts being given electronically 
to ask for more and more mm. sensitive things, which kind of made sense in that virtual reality that would have really raised a flag if they were happening in person. Fair point. So Fair point. you could get a lot further along in an inappropriate relationship online because, you know, literally the economy is different. Yeah. And if that were happening to me with a friend in real life, I would have been, wait a minute, this is free, right. but online it may not have felt that way. So, and I've had clients who have shared that kind of thing with me, and that's kind of how we do a check on that. So I think, how do we, how do we help parents kind of monitor that? And I think those are the two big things is, is you know, having some kind of balance mm -hmm. so that it's not just all online or all, you know, you don't just deny it. And then having an understanding of what's going on there. So the communication is open to that. If anything does go sideways or they feel a little uncomfortable with it, their communication is there that they can share that or not feel like they're, they're going to feel shameful about it. That mm -hmm. that's just a conversation that you can have. Right. Yeah. So important there. So what would be the role of schools in preventing cyberbullying? Mm. That's challenging. <laughs> that's a tough one. I know. I know. I, I think that's coming that's... from a school just because, you know, I mm -hmm. think there's a lot that gets dumped on the school. So there's my soapbox. True, true. Uh, true. And yet there's a lot of knowledge in the schools that they, they could see. The schools that I had the pleasure to work in, we did notice students and we could tell when they were having a different day. So you would notice a change of personality because they would show it to you. You'd be able to check in. But sometimes that's not possible. Mm -hmm. I think education, you know, letting people know about some of these dangers is a good thing. Having resources there is a good idea. And sometimes it's possible to do that. Sometimes it's, it's not possible to do that in a good way. So I think you have to find the best balance as you can. I really worry about putting too much on the schools that allow, you know, the family unit, whatever, however that looks to say, well, that's being done at the school, so I don't have to do it here, either both or in, in cooperation, so that we want to make sure that the job is done well uh, mm -hmm. and that the child has options to pick that up. You know, it's not, it's not to be advocated and given from one to the other. I would like to make sure the child has some person of a resource of authority and quality that they can go to to be supported in this. There's just too much and it's going too fast for them to have to search for that. Right. really want to make sure that they're covered. And as we talk about, you know, the role of parents, and you mentioned like just kind of really looking at the balance to social media, I, you know, one of my advice, some of my advice to parents is don't outsource your parenting to the schools, right? Mm -hmm. it, this is a team approach. It takes a village, you know? Mm -hmm. And so I, I think once parents are saying, no, the school's handling that and monitoring, mm -hmm. and I think, no, 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 let's, let's have the brakes on that. Right. Definitely has to be a right. team approach would benefit from a listening, you know, if you hear something coming home from the school, mm -hmm. don't immediately go up and, and try to resist that, but try to figure out what's coming from that and vice versa. My kids have been fortunate, you know, the teachers ask for, you know, let, let us know if something's up, if he's having a bad day or, you know, if it's been an unusual sleep schedule, if he's coming in grumpy, just give us a heads up. <laughs> Therefore, you know, they don't jump on him if he's having, if he's not responding to things as well as he usually is. Mm -hmm. uh, and then we get some reports home that she's been more forgetful than usual or something like that. You know, just, you know, see, things seem off. And then, you know, we don't immediately go into, you know, well, you're missing things or, or you know, she's awesome and she never forgets anything. Like, oh, let's, 
let's ask about them and see what's going on. Maybe there's been some social drama or the right. rest isn't as good as it used to be or something like that. If it's, if it's a unique or a cute thing, then we'll bump over that and then we'll move on. But if this has been going on for a couple of weeks, then we have something bigger going on. Something mm-hmm. might be percolating on the back burner there that we might want to keep an eye on. So if I have them for half the day on <laughs> there's a lot going on, so you might want to compare notes in yes. these kind of situations, you know? Yes, um, yes. Definitely comparing notes. I think that's so important. Yeah. Any other takeaways you'd like to share? I think it can be really hard with how fast things move. Yeah, especially technology. Yeah. As soon as you figure out one platform, there's a new one taking its place. Mm -hmm. uh, You know, the lingo alone is challenging. That's one of the reasons why I like having the clientele that I have. I feel like at least I can keep keep pace with it. Yeah. But the kids are earnest about it. I think they really, you know, they're trying to navigate their world, but they're still humans that just want to do well and do the best that they can hugely sensitive and caring mm-hmm. you know they, they want to do well for themselves their friends and the world around them you know um, every generation thinks the next generation just you know is, is weird and ignoring right. all these things but they right. really are they're really really just trying to do well and, and get through this world so i think with that right. attitude um, if we can listen more and, and yeah. respond to what they're telling us i think they'll be all right yes great way you to know. Great way to live our lives, right? Yeah. For sure. Yeah. We're all on our own journeys. Gosh, thank you, Kevin. Thank you for sharing your knowledge on this topic, this very important topic. Yeah. I think making parents aware of what they can do to be helpful with this is so key. So thank you again. Happy to help. Hopefully it will get a couple of kids to this year a little bit easier. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I would also like to thank the team behind the podcast, Jason Clayton, Juliana Whitten, and Chris Kelman. With a special thanks to Jason Clayton, who edits our episodes. Take care, everyone.